Welcome to Bub Club, a horror movie podcast. On today's show, we will spotlight audition, and we will get into our top three favorite psychological horror movies. And this is episode number seven, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. Lindsay. I'm Josh. Maybe you guys could say I'm it. Melanie. There you go. <laughs> and I'm Josh. There we go. They're not one person. <laughs> <laughs> We're still remote, folks, so there's going to be some complications. Global pandemic, earthquakes, and now unidentified aerial phenomenon. 2020 is sounding much like a bad 90s disaster movie. UFOs. And I'm having a blast. UAPs. What's, what what's a UAP stand for? Unidentified Alien aerial person. No, aerial phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, UAPs. Yeah, I think that's what they're calling them now because they just—it's not necessarily an object. I guess it's just like a phenomenon. Well, if it's not an object, what is it? Something like a phenomenon. Isn't everything an object? Yeah. I guess if it's not, if unless it's a ghost, I guess a ghost wouldn't be an object. Yeah, maybe it's a ghost. That's true. Wait, maybe these are ghosts. Are they confirming the existence of ghosts by calling these phenomenon I, instead of objects? What else would they be I doing? I think we just cracked the code here on, on Bob Club. <laughs> you heard it first. <laughs> There's ghosts who pester our U.S. military. Did this spark anybody's interest? Was this like, oh my God, for any of us? I don't know why um, it, well, it almost was for me. It wasn't for I me. Had I had seen the videos before. Oh, because you're a Blink-182 they, fan? Uh, <laughs> not exactly, but I know he he released the videos, right? He right, was the yeah, original. Way, bef- way before, yeah. How did that dude even get them? He started up like a company that looks into these things. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, there was there were some forums online and like someone gave the videos to him and he decided to go public with them. So, I don't know. I think they'll be explained at some point. I don't know if they're aliens. Yeah. yeah. I feel like all we of these We just don't know explain. what they are. Right. right. That, hence the unidentified. Yeah. Word. It could be like a Russian thing or could be aliens. Who knows? I hope so. Maybe they could fix some of our problems. Hey, we are a horror movie podcast and we're going to start talking about some horror babble here. All right, so the last few shows, I've been giving you guys some um, movies to watch on on streaming devices. I'm not going to stop because I know that everybody is, I mean, we've gotten tons of emails just thanking like you. thanking me and praising Calling me. Calling you a hero. Didn't the jets fly over the house for your con- contribution? Yeah, the to- Blue Angels were like, thank you, Brandon, for... <laughs> And they waved with their wing when they got over my house. It was pretty cool. They dropped confetti. So this is a a segment I'm going to continue doing until I run out of movies. This one I call 10 Netflix Horror Movies That's Worth Checking Out While Social Distancing. One, The Ritual. We all saw this as as our horror movie night, and we were all pleasantly surprised by it. It was really cool. Didn't think it was going to be that great, but it is really good. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oof. That's a fantastic movie. Oh, my movie. God. That movie scared the shit out of me. Tusk. 
One of Kevin Smith's second horror movies. It's supposed to be a comedy, but it's, it's comedy horror. It's, it's comedy, but it's actually pretty horrific. Body horror. Yeah. Horns, based on a Joe Hill novel. Definitely check out Horns. Rosemary's Baby is on Netflix for free. Train to Busan, you've heard us all talking about that movie a bunch. If you feel like you're done with zombie movies, watch this one. The original Evil Dead, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Creep, and Murder Party, which is one of oh. my favorite Halloween oh. movies. Murder Party, so good. And there you go. There's yeah. 10 Netflix movies for you. I'll have to second Creep. That's like a, a favorite of mine for yeah. Netflix horror. That's one of those ones. Mine that, too. Yeah, that's one of those ones that uh, Josh showed us, and it was like one of our movie nights, and it was just, I had no faith going in. I'm not a fan of found footage, and I generally like tend to, like, hate most found footage. And this one was just like really well done and funny, but creepy at the same time. It was really good. Yeah, it's good, good watch. And you know, the sequel wasn't that bad either. I thought that it. It would be because... Yeah, because it's part two. Yeah, and because the the first one was all like, is this guy crazy right. kind of thing? And right. So I was like, what would they do with the second one? And no, I, I, really I think they the delivered. One. And there's supposed to be a third. It's supposed to be a trilogy, so... Cool, I'm down. I'm excited for the third. Yeah, me too. So I had a little bit of news, and I'll start with this one. Uh, during this quarantine thing, I've been trying, and I don't even have to try. I'm just not interested in a lot of... Uh, reality type television show on Netflix and there's plenty of it to binge and I and I know people have been kind of doing that since they've been home but I'm kind of against it I did end up watching Tiger King and I'll never forgive myself for that but I kind of came across this one and it just caught my eye and I feel like if there's any uh reality show out there that I'm just like I really want to watch this it's called Dragula it's on Netflix and it's basically a drag queen contest where these people, um, like the, the the contest is like how creepy and gross can you get, and like how on on point can you get with certain themes. They have themes like uh, monsters or science fiction or uh, like dead weddings or scream queen uh, stuff. So I I feel like this would be something like I kind of liked like Project Runway type stuff. I but I hated it at the same time. But I think I would like just enjoy this. Does this sound interesting to anyone else? I thought it was going to be about Rob Zombie's song, Dragula. <laughs> Burn through the witches and turn through the witches and slam in the back of my Dragula. So they must put their fiercest and filthi filthiest faces forward for the chance to be crowned the world's next drag super monster. Yeah, that actually sounds really it cool. sounds kind of fun, huh? Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah, if, fun. what would your uh, horror horror drag name be? Because mine would be Mandusa. Because oh, that'd yeah. be a drag queen. Mandusa. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like Medusa? Like but man, but yeah. a Mandusa. Mandusa, yeah. Mine would be Frankenfab. <laughs> You'd be all about that fab life. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm halfway to it. I've had a bunch of surgeries, so I'm already like all stitched up and kind of Frankenstein looking. That's true. All I need is the fab part. That's true. Yeah. Melanie? Um, I think I'd be Manglodon, you know, like a Megalodon, but I'd be like Manglodon. Oh, that'd be fun. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Why are you guys putting man, man in the titles? Because we're drag kings. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. You'd yeah. be, drag, yeah, be kings. drag kings. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So she'd be Manglodon. I, uh, I put a lot of thought into this, but <laughs> I'd uh, I'd be Pussyzilla. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. That's uh, a... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, that's great, Josh. Now I kind of need to see this costume. Uh, I just envisioned like a giant vagina smashing, <laughs> smashing the city. buildings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very strangely aroused right now. Oh, all right. And that, yeah, that's yeah. my horror babble there. So, um, did you guys see that trailer for Lovecraft Country? Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, man. Looks, uh, oh, Melanie. Looks pretty decent. Not just pretty decent. What is that? Uh, I posted in our so, chat, man. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch the, the chat. Um, but it's a, uh, it's based on a book that came out in 2016. I hadn't heard about it before uh, this trailer dropped. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like in a HP Lovecraft universe. Um, and it's kind of in the era of Jim Crow laws, I think. I'm super excited. So, Who's that? Uh, <laughs> Are you being serious? <laughs> they were. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's being produced <laughs> by Jordan Peele and J.J. Uh, Abrams, which J.J. Uh, Abrams, you've seen him kind of do horror-ish movies like Super 8 uh, and I know he was part of the production of Overlord as well. And Lost? And uh, Jordan Peele Oh, and Lost, yeah. Jordan Peele obviously has done a lot of horror in the past, so get out. I'd say us. it's in good hands yeah, uh, production-wise. What, what a great team-up, man. So. It's like dream team. I'm all, like When I watched the trailer, I got as as excited for this movie as I usually do for like Tarantino movies. It's a show. Yeah. Oh, it is a show. It's a show. It's a it's a series. HBO, oh, HBO show. That makes me even kind of more excited to be honest. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. So I play a card game called uh, Arkham Horror, the living card game. And what they're doing in the game is trying to bring you into these stories with their art and the and it has a story aspect to it. And this show kind of like gives me the same feeling of of that game. And like, I'm just, I, I really like HP Lovecraft and I love the world. So I'm very excited to see this. Cool. Yeah. So I thought that was worth noting. And while I was looking into that, uh, I was looking at Jordan Peele's IMDb page. And uh, the next movie that he's coming out with, he's working on writing, uh, is going to be directed by Henry Selick. Oh, who yeah. directed... James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. And Nightmare which, Before Christmas. Uh, yep, exactly. Which have been kind of, they're kind of like kid horror movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so it's an animated like stop motion. So it's going to be the same style as those. And uh, oh, how cool! they got Key and Peele doing the voices for the two main characters. It's about two demon brothers that oh face God. off against a pair of goths and <laughs> a nun so should be kind of fun it is listed on imdb as horror so that's really awesome i don't know yeah, i'm excited for great. that man it's sounds like, like a good project heck yeah i'm all about those stop motion movies man i'm glad i thought they were gonna die to be honest especially yeah. when pixar started coming around and cgi started getting bigger mm. i thought it was gonna be a dead art but uh like henry Selick is like really like um keeping it alive what's his he's got a production company that he always works with it's like lackey i have no idea i 
I'm not sure. I, I was wondering know. if that if this is that because they they do stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a Netflix project. It's oh, going to nice. be a Netflix uh, movie. They they might be going through that production company. I'm not sure. Have you guys ever heard of Siren Head? No. Siren. Okay, so it's I don't know, like it's kind of like a new monster. Um, Are you talking about the? He's supposed to be like forty feet. You're talking about well, the... he's almost like a a Slenderman type monster, you know. The forty foot tall humanoid creature with heavily emaciated near skeletal frame, covered in dried yeah. mummified flesh, in the color of rusted yeah. metal. So I had to stay up till like four in the morning because um, my son watched Siren Head video or whatever, <laughs> and he thought he was real. It is scary. <laughs> so I thought I'd just talk about him. He was so scared. He really thought Siren Head was going to get him. But my thought it was like, I was walking and watching like a documentary on these like new type monsters. Do you guys think they're like a new type monster like Dracula because they become so popular? Oh, that's interesting. Well, like, I mean, could we get an iconic horror yeah. uh, from, like, figure these, from these yeah, YouTube they, videos? Yeah, I mean, Slenderman yeah. kind of got up there for a while. They made a movie right. about him. Yeah, yeah. Slenderman was like, you know. I would like to actually. Up there and then, like, always... I would like to actually. What's see, that? Oh, I would like to actually see them uh, take these YouTube monsters a little more seriously and maybe like adapt them into like really serious like monster films. Because I feel like we yeah. don't have enough new monsters coming out. And these are really scary. Like, if you go and Google an image of Siren Head, that's, that shit is scary. Yeah, looking. he's freaky. Yeah. I don't like the yeah. name. I don't like the name. Does he have flashing, flashing lights on his head? If they made, like, a serious monster out of some of these, like the Rake and Slender Man, because also, like, kids love it. Like, kids eat it up. I don't know. I kind of like it, too. Does he pull over people? <laughs> <laughs> siren head no is it, it, oh, siren is is it spelled like differently no it's like it's like the you know like a no. meow, meow, siren oh, okay you've been watching like he, too much peppa pig that's like a british siren <laughs> it looks like he has a siren on his head oh does he really yeah it looks yeah. like his head is made of a siren it, yeah he is kind oh, of like freaky a, looking like a speaker box he's, yeah. he's even with the siren head which is a little bit silly it's you know what's the freaky part and and this will always freak me and it's the same thing with slender man it's that tall and like disproportionate arms and yeah legs. He, could, like, he could scratch yeah. his toes without bending over yeah it's the tall thing that yeah. freaks me out a little bit i think i don't know if it, yeah. uh, his head would just like doesn't scare me it'd just be like dude can you turn yourself down <laughs> I think this. I don't know. Seeing that in real life, you going through the mountains. Out of me. You're oh. all alone. Yeah. He's you got one of those things. Yeah, he's got a mouth inside those sirens. Okay. Yeah, scary looks with teeth and you're stuff. You're like, yeah. I like and it. My son really thought we were all going to get eaten by Siren Head. <laughs> well, that's the thing about those YouTube movies too. Is they they like. Uh, edit them to seem as if like this is something that somebody recorded and is real so yeah. like of course kids yeah. are gonna be like, and, like I, I, and he would ask me too he'd ask me he's like well why why are people reporting that they're seeing him why are there videos of him i'm like uh <laughs> 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 you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean the found footage has to be confusing for kids because definitely it's like no, somebody filmed this. Yeah, and it looks real, and people are like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" (laughs) 
you know like yeah so i can't i can't like i could not convince them like it was a made-up character like it, there was nothing i could do uh it's funny well i'm kind of convinced too myself was this your youngest or your oldest not my oldest <laughs> oh, no. yeah. oh, no. oh man <laughs> well you know morning. i, I think that had these kind of things been out like when we were younger we would have all bought into it as well like these are scary oh, videos yeah man. yeah these are scary videos. Yeah, Slenderman would have freaked me out for sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. Just yeah, like this. I like these monsters because they have such a, a cool lore about yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know about Siren Head in particular, but uh, I remember Slenderman like Slenderman's in high school. Like everybody yeah. knew who Slenderman was. Right. Slenderman's you know? a good one. Like, like creating new mythologies or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I like that. I would, I hope that one day, like, some of these are taken a little bit more seriously. They don't just do some, like, shitty Slenderman movie that's, like, blah. Like, I, I would love yeah, to see, like, J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele take up a Slenderman movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'd like, to, take a, yeah, I'd like to see, like, a serious, like, serious Well, they could do something really freaky with it, I oh, think. Oh, for sure. If for they sure. tried. Like, he was an out-of-work, out of door-to-door salesman. <laughs> no, does, doesn't he wear a suit? Slenderman? I think so. Yeah, he does. And that's the only lame thing about Slenderman is he wears a suit and a tie. I think it's cool. I think that makes him cool. It's just like a government agent. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think that makes him creepier. There's nothing like creepier than like a dude in a suit that's too tall. So I wanted to ask you guys if you had heard about this uh, Universal and, and AMC like pro basically protest saying we're never we're never gonna it's amc and regal theaters have both announced universal studios following the studio's release of such films as the hunt the invisible man and trolls world tour straight out of the od so they came out there's this new story now saying i i i guess i didn't realize there was going to be a walking dead movie where rick came back which would be really cool in my opinion Especially oh there's for, gonna be three i think yeah well that's what i heard and then it, i would love yeah. that like i think that's exactly where that means i gotta finish the show <laughs> oh. <laughs> well for those of us who have stayed on track with the show and some at times it has been painful but I can't help but like continue like i've followed these characters for this long and i do like parts of it some of it's just really bad and really preachy and just really oh god they're having another speech again but then some like the horrifying parts in this show are are pretty like gut-wrenchingly horrible but anyway so so now um universal studios is saying there's not gonna be walking dead movies because fuck amc and, and regal and we're never we're not even we're just gonna stop releasing stuff then so this is interesting to me because universal actually puts out a lot of like horror and stuff still and in just movies in general right but how do you guys feel about about this approach where they're basically saying okay fine like doesn't it feel a little bit childish or maybe like they're playing a game of chicken they're playing like this chicken game like who's gonna bow out first to me so like why why are they doing that why are they so here's the thing there is a window between when movies go into theaters and when movies come out to VOD. And uh, it's like maybe like an unspoken contract. And Universal broke it because of the coronavirus. So instead of giving the window, it went. some of them went straight from the theater 
and didn't finish their run in the theater and went straight to VOD. And then with Trolls 2, I think it skipped the theaters completely and went right to VOD. And so basically they lost a bunch of money. Um, AMC gets half of the box offices from Universal Movies. So to me, it's like, hey, we're losing, we lost money from you guys because you didn't honor the system. So now we're going to hurt ourselves by yeah. losing even more. It's yeah, very, so now we're never yeah. going to make money off you. <laughs> That's a, I don't know, that man. That does seem kind of childish. Yeah, I think what they should have done is just had a meeting with them and just been like, hey, is there anything you guys could do for us once this is over? Right. You know? Yeah, I mean... They, or just accept it for what it is. This yeah, is, man, there's a global it's not, pandemic. It's not permanent. This, this is not the norm. Yeah. Like, and, it, and it just feels, um, like, as a fan of, of Walking Dead and stuff, and it, it feels kind of like, that's a bummer for me, man. Like, I want, I would love to see these movies be released and be able to actually see, like, Rick up on the big screen. Like, I've, I've watched this yeah. show for, like, 11 damn years. Yeah, here's where I'm confused. So, AMC. Is it just AMC theaters? No, Regal. it's Regal. Which Regal I, think they're, I think they're owned. Probably no, same, no, maybe? I think they're different. Okay. Anyway, um, what I'm confused is AMC puts out Walking Dead. Was Universal going to distribute this movie? Like, what does Universal have to do with The Walking Dead? I guess so. I think I think that they were, it's, it was a Universal movie. Are, are AMC theaters and AMC the TV station? They're owned by the same people? I don't know. These are all questions I wish we could answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have my smart guess, devices in front of us. We could probably figure it out. My but. guess is maybe no, but I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like now Universal is basically um, trying to get the fans upset at AMC and Regal. And they're basically like, getting us involved in this fight because fans are going to be outraged, right? And fans are going to be like, ah, yeah. God damn you, AMC and Regal, it's all your fault. And and I think that's what's going on here. And I, I don't know. It seems a l just insane to me, but I don't know. I, 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 I was excited about uh, hearing about a Walking Dead movie and then immediately disappointed hearing that. So is Rick not in any of the new seasons? Yeah, so like I think... Uh, last season, he was gone. By last season, I he think. like gets on a helicopter or something, right? And then yeah, he flies away. Like you don't, you kind of don't know what happens to him. And then he like some chick picks him up and he flies away. And then like I guess he abandons his entire people for a year or more. <laughs> uh, so AMC the theater is America Multi Cinema. AMC the channel is American Movie Classics. Yeah, that's right. They are not related. I figured they weren't related. So yeah, so it was probably just a Universal movie, and they're not gonna. They can't stop them from making that movie. There's other theaters. No, but so I, they're not stopping them from making the movie. But what now? What Universal is saying is like, okay, if they're not gonna show our movies, we won't. We we're not gonna put it in the theater anymore. Like so, I think they're uh, trying okay. to get. I think they're trying to pin fans. And get fans angry enough to basically denounce AMC and Regal. And like it's just going to be this big shit You war. threw sand in my face, so I'm throwing sand back in your face. <laughs> yeah. That's what it yeah. sounds yeah, like well, to me. I mean, what, if I was Universal, I'd be like, okay, we're going to release it in all the other theaters. And then you guys won't make money off us. Who gives yeah. a shit? But they're, they're talking yeah. about just releasing it to VOD then? Not even releasing it. Just not doing just it? Just not doing it. Well, we from what I understand. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what this does. Yeah. This seems bad for both I of them. I work something out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure that they'll all take their ball and go home for a little bit, and then they'll come back out and play. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, and that's it. That was all I had to talk about. I just wanted to get everyone a little angry about that, as angry as I was. <laughs> now, I, I don't, now I don't even want to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> you were really looking forward to seeing Rick on the big screen? <laughs> no, I'm just mad at AMC and Universal. And you know what? What I'm going to do to them? Stop the show right now. <laughs> we're going to, you know what? <laughs> we're going to take it out on the fans. <laughs> So thanks for listening to today's show. This has been. Uh... <laughs> All right. So uh, I have a horror fun fact today that I call Jaws, the fashionably late shark. So Jaws doesn't fully appear in in a shot and in, in fully in a shot until about an hour and 21 minutes into the movie. This is mostly due to the fact that the mechanical shark didn't work for most of the time during filming. So this, this, uh, this has always fascinated me with like lower budget movies, you know, where if, if they had all the budget they wanted, they could simply solve all their problems with throwing money at it, right? They could have fixed the shark and the shark could have been in the whole thing. But what they had to do was they had to rely on the actors' uh, reactions to what they're seeing, you know. And it's the same thing with like uh, American Werewolf in London, where you don't see the werewolf for a long time and you just you just hear them describing it and that kind of what that does is it puts it in your imagination so you start building it into your imagination and what you can create in your head most of the time is more terrifying than what they could produce in movies so i always like this in low budget movies where they have to solve problems with creativity and that's what jaws did and i think that helped it become the classic it is yeah, there's a, there's a lot of movies that um, that had this kind of like problem in quotes, and yeah. I don't know. To, for me, I wish that even movies with a lot of money would like go in with this mindset of like, how can we do this without not throwing a ton of money? At the, you know, like it'd be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, because I feel like also yeah. it kind of forces them to write a better story as well. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. You gotta make. Oh yeah, we gotta make a movie here. <laughs> Especially if it's monster um, I was, based. I saw something. I can't find it right now, but uh, Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien in 1979, it's kind of similar where the alien doesn't come fully revealed until about the 60-minute mark. But I think it only has like four to like five minutes of actual screen time where the, the monster is on the screen. Yeah, and that's all it needed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they because, did a like, really good job with that movie. Yeah. What I really like about Alien is is a, the alien itself is less of an antagonist than the actual isolation. Yeah. You know, like like her just being up in space, um, by herself, is like in itself terrifying, and everybody knows yeah. that in space nobody can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> tagline that's a tagline of the, the movie right yeah. yeah we should do a new segment where uh we'll throw a bunch of taglines out and see who could who could name them oh that's a kind of fun oh, that'd, that'd be, be fun <laughs> all right well that was our horror babble so up next is our spotlight on audition All right, audition. Whew. 1999, 
uh, Japanese film based on a 1997 novel of the same name. Did you guys know it was a novel? I didn't know until I, didn't I was know researching it was a novel. this. That'd be interesting. I didn't know until I did some research. Yeah. Um, it wasn't released. The novel wasn't released in English until 1999. Maybe probably because of the movie. Um, it's directed by... I can't pronounce his name. Uh, it's... Um, Tasashi Miyaki? Mike with two eyes. Miyaki? Maiki? He did uh, did Itchy the Killer and One Missed Call. Um, Obviously not the American version. And he did this segment in Three Extremes called The Box. He also did an episode of Masters of Horror. Uh, And that's just scratching the surface because he has 104 directing credits on IMDb. This movie is rated R, but there's also an unrated version. The running time of this is 115 minutes. Body count, technically, zero. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So there was no body count on IMDb like I like to look for. Yeah. And then while we were watching it, I was like, I'll just I'll just mark like every time there's a there's a kill. Well, other than the, the story of the lady who was all chopped up, but we don't see that. I we guess. don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here, here's the premise of the movie. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special edition arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. The one he fancies is not who he, she appears to be after all. So basically this dude, his wife dies in the beginning of the film and he's got a son and this is like six years later and his son's like, hey pop, you should remarry. And the dad's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. You look like shit, Dad. You should remarry. That's basically what he says. He's like, you look tired. <laughs> That's basically, so you should yeah. get married. <laughs> but, um, and then he's having a discussion with his friend at a bar. And they're in the movie business, I guess. They have like their own production company yeah, or something. Yeah, so they're, they, yeah. They, they have a script for a movie that they were going to get made. It was like a romance movie. But their interest didn't lie in really making the film. Although they're like, mm, if it maybe. If it gets made, it gets made. If it gets Great. made, it gets made. But we'll audition girls for the part. And you can find your wife that way. Very interesting plot, right? Like, yeah, I thought it was pretty fascinating. Basically, the role of the heroine is exactly like the criteria of woman. He's looking like the right age, uh, the right interests and stuff. So he's like, oh, this would be perfect. We can audition my wife, essentially, without her knowing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Super it's interesting. interesting because the movie, like... It almost starts out as a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. Like, I had to pause an hour into the movie and i'm like okay like is this the right movie did i just am i watching the wrong movie because this isn't scary at all so it is a, um, it's a slow burn right it's like a yeah super, super slow, slow burn. burn no but when it when it gets scary it it gets scary well, and the you scary know? and there's the scary parts that are just scary like her sitting there waiting by the phone and then that freaking bag moves and then it was like oh my oh, god yeah that's true the way there she was were, sitting there waiting for the phone call early on that was that was throws terrifying. up into the bowl to feed the guy <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's well the, well basically the first hour and 10 minutes are just building up to essentially the torture of this dude yeah so like i said it's a slow burn but then when the horror starts you'll wish the slow burn was back yeah because it's such yeah. a nice yeah. it, and it's such a nice story and it's like if you take out the part that where you know she's just gonna fuck him up like you're like oh this is fun like yeah that's the thing about this movie is even if they took that out and it was just like about him finding this wife like it was so well made that oh, i was like i was interested the yeah. most, most of the time i have the dvd i had the dvd and i watched like some of the commentary and the director said that he wanted to make like 
this really beautiful thing turn ugly, right? Because she's oh. like innocent and dainty and beautiful and He did a good job. And like she ends <laughs> up just being horrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, the like how quickly and how like just without like any like she doesn't even slow down when the process starts is just kind of terrifying to me. Like he's basically drugged and is like yeah. as soon as she wakes up as soon as he wakes up, she kind of like lets him know what's going on and then like rolls him over and then gets started. And it's like, I, I pictured her to like, maybe like stop and, and think about what she's doing, but she's, she's doing yeah. it. Like there's no pause. There's no like, okay, maybe if, okay, maybe there's some time that can be wasted here and like, he won't get his, his foot cut off or something. Yeah, and, and, and no, also yeah. she's like, moving no. really fast. Like I thought yeah. they sped up the film at first, yeah. but they didn't. She's just like quick. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. so fast. Like the torture is just like, now let's do this and now let's do this. And then we're going to do this. And I'm like, just slow down. Let him, let him get over his, yeah. like the fact that his yeah. foot's gone, man. And, and she's got this bag of baddies. Yeah. Yeah. Honest, like, honestly, I think that's what made this movie so horrifying was like how quick it it, felt, it changed yeah. because it's like it's pretty pleasant up to that point. Like there are some off putting moments, right. but you're totally unprepared. Um, like a lot of Ooh. horror movies, if they're just horrific from the beginning, you're kind of ready for it. You're like, OK, it's it's scary. I'm getting more scary things but because it's been so pleasant up to that point it's almost twice as horrific because it's so real and crazy so yeah they, they make you feel comfortable right they make you feel very yeah. comfortable what was and up with the ballet dude's feet the ballet teacher's feet yeah he had like sewn on feet what was that with, did you guys yeah. What? yeah his feet were all messed up i couldn't figure out what was going on there if she had done that maybe yeah. I think she had done that and just kind of like let him live after kept him. Yeah. Or she lopped off his but, feet too. And then he, but they looked all like sewn together, yeah, like in rotten. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, the, like his feet were nailed to like boards. Yeah. He had the, so I have to say, you know, I, I thought the acting in it was like superb. I oh, thought it yeah. was really good. You really like yeah. the main character like a lot. And you like his son. Yeah, his son is like all into yeah. like, you know, dinosaurs and he's yeah. got a nice little girlfriend and his friend seems like a very like a uh, devoted friend who's right. like concerned about him rushing into this relationship. And like everybody in the film, except for her, is very likable and you're kind of on this little journey with him. Then it turns sour. Yeah. Now there is some things about it that, uh, that I didn't really appreciate, which was like the dream sequences. Yeah, my, my biggest problem with the dream sequences, too, was the fact that, like, he's seeing things that he would never know to even dream about. Yeah, like, he's never been in her apartment. Right. So he wouldn't know of that bag. He wouldn't know what her apartment mm -hmm. looks like. He wouldn't see her feeding the dude puke, and he wouldn't see, like, the guy. In, like, it's it's a cool way to show. It's a. I liked that we got to see what was in her apartment and what she was doing with that dude in the bag, but I don't know that they they should have done it in a way where he was seeing it too. Cause it just, that doesn't, it took me out of it. Cause it doesn't make sense as to why he's seeing that. Yeah. yeah did it say anything in the commentary about that? Melanie? No, not that I can remember, but it was such a long time ago. So. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see why they went in that direction to where, Oh, he's seeing stuff that there's just like, like it almost makes it seem a little bit like supernatural in that sense of just like, 
Yeah. Oh, there's something weird going on here that yeah. is unexplainable. I, I think the the dream sequences kind of served as a, the last warning, I guess. Maybe. Where, like, all his friends and everything have, like, been warning him the whole time. Hey, I don't know if this is really the right girl for you or right. all that sort of thing. And, and the last time is his subconscious. But Yeah, um, really, really the only thing that didn't make any sense whatsoever to me. All that made sense. The only thing that didn't make sense is why is he in her apartment seeing like stuff that's really going on? That just, yeah. it just, it, it confused me. And it's not like a, it's not like a deal breaker for this movie for me. It didn't ruin it by any means. It just like, was like my one like, oh, oh, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was very well crafted, but to me, I, I have to ask myself like, what's the point? Like, you see this thing happen, and then all of a sudden, like, he gets tortured for a little bit, and then she dies very easily by a kick down the stairs. That neck-breaking scene's pretty badass, though. That's pretty disgusting looking. So, although I enjoyed it, I was just like, is there a point to this movie? What do you think, Josh, Melanie? Josh? Um, yeah, I think there's a point. I don't think, I just think, like I said, it was like watching this, like I said, beautiful thing kind of turned ugly very quickly. And I liked it. I think, like I said, I like the story. I like the acting. Um, and it scared the shit out of me because I was watching this all by myself. Yeah, like, and I remember just being like, holy shit. Yeah. So, so you with, know, I, I don't know. Is there... I, I would say, uh, like, did martyrs have a point? Um, yeah, that's yeah say. that there's no God. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like this this movie, uh, she was abused a lot as a kid, right? And she wanted right. that that love and devotion from him. And uh, like her worldview, to me, it seemed the only way for him to really like know who she was was to go what go through the kind of stuff that she went through. So you don't think that she was going to kill him? No, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think she'd eventually kill him, but I think she was keeping some of these men as slaves to be devoted to her. That's true, because yeah. she said you can't go anywhere without your feet. But she was probably going to kill yeah. the kid, right? She was yeah. definitely going to kill the kid, because she Probably told, killed the kid, Well, yeah. she even told him she was. She was yeah. like, you're going to have to lose him, too, to go yeah. through that pain and understand what that's like. I'll have to say, I called the dog death yeah. from like yeah. almost the first scene. Yeah, Brandon, the second he saw the dog, he's like, that dog's going to die. I'm like, no. I, I was like, they're, they're, they're like putting too much emphasis on this dog. Poor they Gangle. keep showing it and they keep like mentioning it and they keep like petting it. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. That's why I'm calling I it a it. It's a boy, Gangu. Um, Gang. Is it a Gangu? So did you not like it then, Brandon? No, no, no. It's it's not that I didn't like it. Um, like I said, I thought it was really well crafted, and I thought the acting was really great, and the horrific mm -hmm. scene in it is like really horrific. It just took a really long time to get there. Now again, like I still enjoyed the story. I thought it was a fascinating story of like that's an interesting way to find a wife, you know. Yeah. And it, and like Lindsay was saying that like it's almost a scumbaggy thing to do um, because it's almost like. Um, tricking these girls into 
yeah. like a date basically but it's a little bit it's a little bit scumbaggy but, but i mean he like was like i'm I'm not gonna have an arranged marriage he's like that yeah. won't work for me and it is a, a weird idea but i feel like it was gone about very innocently like they weren't trying to sleep with girls like no, you know that would have been a sleazebaggy yeah. thing to do but he was actually yeah. trying to find love and right. i didn't feel that like i just felt that that whole storyline was very interesting and then it just ended very abruptly with him getting tortured and then like she, her, her, she died right away, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you kind of need the, the slow buildup though, to make that end scene as like impactful as yeah, it is. Cause it just, it really does come out of almost it's nowhere. That fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was meant to be slow like that. It wasn't meant to be, you know, right away all this gore. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, reminded me of the pacing of hostile yeah you know yeah. and and maybe that uh eli roth had some inspiration from this film but it it felt like you know like in hostile they're just like it's like a party movie until the very end where they get tortured and i kind of like that though i kind of like these movies that all of a sudden like we're we're living one or we're like in one path and we're on one mindset and then boom yeah. change boom yeah i felt like from dust till dawn kind of did that the best is- what Mel? Oh, I just really that's what I liked about this show is like it was a very, you know, up until the end, like you guys said, it was very pleasant, it was kind of funny. Um you're getting attached to these characters and Well, they do a good job of attaching you to those characters in the first ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want uh the things happening to that guy when they're happening to no, him. No, God no. You you like kind of befriend him in this movie and, and are on his side. But back back yeah. to the point of the movie, I think there is kind of this overlying message where in the end the guy the guy kind of mentions like, you know, you'll get over this tragedy too. And and Brandon and I talked about it and we think that he was probably saying that to him out loud to himself as well. Like he's seeing the girl that he because the thing is, he's going through a couple of different things. He was in love with this girl who's now, like, torturing him. He was in love with yeah. her, like, head over heels. Yeah. And then he sees her, and he, she's dying, and that's upsetting him. It's clearly upsetting him that she's, like, laying at the bottom of the stairs with her neck broken. And, yeah. And, sending, and he's just kind of saying out loud his motto to life that he's been kind of living with, which is, you know, you'll get over this tragedy, too. Hers, he, right? It was her motto. No, that was his motto. No, she wrote it in her, in her essay. And he really oh, okay. liked it. Oh, okay. But now it's probably his motto. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought that was something like he had told her during one of the dates and stuff, and he was repeating it. Yeah, I think that there is a point to this movie. Uh, maybe I just like it went over my head. Um, I did enjoy it, and so did a, a like a lot of people, including Quentin Tarantino, describe this as a true masterpiece. If there ever was one, he did this video um, discussion. Uh, you could find it on YouTube where it's his favorite films released between 1992 and 2009. 2009 being the present the present day for when he was recording that. 1992 is when he came out with Reservoir Dogs. So like his favorite movies from when he started making movies to that present day. So if you like Quentin Tarantino, it's an interesting video to watch. And that's what he said about um, Audition. And Rob Zombie admitted that he found this movie to be the most creepy and unsettling of any horror movie he's ever watched. And when the film was screened at the Rotterdam Film Festival in 2000, it had a record number of walkouts at the Swiss <laughs> premiere. 
Someone uh, passed out and needed emergency room attention. You know. So I was just, I was wondering if, have you guys ever walked out of a theater for any reason? Uh, only if it, um, like maybe a couple times and only if it's like, I can't watch this movie any longer because it yeah, sucks. It's so stupid, yeah. Oh, Melanie, wait. But not because I was offended. No, never because I couldn't handle the scariness. I would have loved to see this on the big screen. That would have been insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I never walked out um, of a movie because of how gruesome or offensive it was. I did walk out of Anaconda, though. Yeah. I clearly remember walking out of Anaconda. <laughs> like the Ice Cube in, or Ice Tea in that movie. One of the Ices. Have LL Cool J. Like oh, was it LL Cool J? It was LL Cool J. I always think. And Angelina Jolie's dad. I forget his name. Billy. The, the older guy. Oh, no. She, I was going to say Billy Bob Thornton, but that's that's the dude she dated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. I, haven't, I haven't walked out of a movie in the theaters yet but i have stopped watching movies like halfway through and been like this is just not worth my time oh yeah and it, it's it's usually like not content that gets me there it's just execution right poor yeah. execution yeah. Melanie well, and I- sorry josh just uh I, I don't know it maybe if you're watching it with friends poor execution is is a good thing because you can kind of have fun with it but that's true but yeah by, by yourself, yourself that's you're just kind of like yeah squirming i think it's it's easier to turn off stuff at home but that's like it's some dedication to walk out of a theater yeah. Mel- i mean you drove yeah. there you paid for the right. tickets and then you walk out melanie and i did once when we accidentally uh bought tickets to one of those like mormon movies like, oh yeah we didn't, we didn't realize it was like we thought it was just a comedy and we're like okay let, let's we were bored and let's go see it and i can't didn't even remember we what ask the guy yeah we asked the we guy asked the guy, the guy at the religious movie and he said no yeah, he's like no it's really funny and then i walked out and i felt bad because i was just like worst fucking movie i've ever seen in a right to his face and i just <laughs> i maybe i shouldn't have, but i was angry because i was just like you know but yeah like that's one of the few times i've walked out i can't I've walked out so little. I couldn't remember another time than that one, actually. Yeah. I could never imagine. I mean, I'm, I've been watching horror since I was a kid. I could never imagine walking out of something. But, like, you know, if I think about, like, your grandma or somebody going to see this at a film festival, not really realizing what they're going to go see, and then, like, <laughs> some yeah. of those scenes, man, are pretty, uh, pretty horrifying. I'm going to take my 95-year-old grandma to see <laughs> this movie. When by take, I mean, like, I'm going to be like, hey, grandma, you should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> No, she uh, she gets frightened at like scary commercials on tell TV. Your mom this and would your kill her man. to watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so should we rate this? Should we go ahead and give this a rating? Is it anywhere from negative ten to ten? Yeah. For me, this was a seven, a solid seven. I liked it actually, and I I thought. I keep going like up and down. Like, did I like it? Did I not like it? Did I like, but I think the more we like even just talked about it today with all of us, I'm like, no, I I liked it. I did like it. It was a cool, interesting and well-executed movie. I had the one, if, if it didn't have the one weird dream sequence where I'm just like, why is he seeing what he's seeing? Then I would have probably given it close to like 8.5 or a nine. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a seven out of 10 as well. Um, I would have given it a six out of 10 if when she was like stabbing him with the needles and if she went through his eyeball, but (laughs) she, she only went below the eyeball. And so because of no eyeball puncturing, it's a seven out of 10. Yeah. But she said that it was the most painful part that you could put those needles. So 
Still, yeah, but, but like better than the eyeball. I don't know. Eyeball puncture just yeah. it, I thought it's very what, unsettling for me. I, I thought know. that's what was coming. And the way that she yeah. did it so childlike. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Oh my god. Yeah. She wasn't oh, saying man. she was saying deeper, but it was it in was Japanese. Like, yeah, I was like do, do, do. Oh, weird. Man, that was creepy. Yeah. Melanie, what's your rating? Um, I give it an eight out of ten. I really like this movie. Um like I said, like I remember watching it by myself, and I was mortified. So it is, it is a pretty like it did its job. It scared me. It's a pretty perfect movie as far as just execution of the film and never how everything the acting. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it was like I keep so saying, good. it was really executed very well. The acting was amazing in it, and the practical effects were top notch. Oh man! Like everything about this movie is good. <laughs> when she but, just throws his foot like so like nonchalantly just. At the window. Yeah, like, yeah. Off like, a, like a child would throw something, right. too. So if I was rating this movie, like, as a critic, like, which I'm not, I'd probably rate it really high, like a nine. Yeah, yeah. But my own personal uh, opinion about it, I would say, like, it's a 5.5 for me. Oh. It's just, it was just okay. Like, and that's not to say that the movie's bad. I'm, like, I'm trying to stress here the movie is really good. It's just, like, I... I can't watch this movie over and over again. That's and true. not just because of the horrific scenes. I've watched a uh, movie several times because of the horrific scenes. It's the, it's the like, like how, 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 how many times do I need to see that story? Like, although the first time was very fascinating and kept my attention, I feel like I would be bored the second time watching it just cause I'm like, I kind of already know what happens. And now this is, feels like all filler. Well, the first viewing of it is definitely necessary to have all that and to have that slow buildup. But after seeing it the first time, it just doesn't feel like it has a lot of rewatchability to me. And that's why I rated it so low. All right. So that was our spotlight on audition. So up next is our top three favorite psychological horror movies. Psychological horror. Now here's the thing. So we have a, a horror movie night, as we call Bub Club. Why the name of the show? Um, and we go through the, about the 10 people that uh, that attend this, um, and we just go through and have everybody pick a movie. We switched it up for a while and had people pick a genre and have them pick a movie within that genre, and then we nominate and vote for the next two uh, movies that we're going to watch. And when we came across this, when we got to Psychological Horror... And people were kind of nominating these movies. I was like, I started asking myself, like, what is a psychological horror movie? Because what it felt like to me was like, when you break it down, isn't every movie psychological? Because people are calling Psycho, the movie Psycho, psychological. Right. Now, I mean, Psycho is in the name and he's got, um, he's got obviously Psychological some, disorders? Yeah. But doesn't Michael Myers? Right. I mean... Anybody that's killing people has psychological issues. I mean, he killed a, his family when he was young and he goes to a mental hospital and he's causing psychological damage to these girls. So wouldn't that be psychological horror movie? So this is how I personally was able to like, for myself, be like, what, what defines a psychological horror movie? Now, this is what they say. There's three stories that you can tell. There's man versus man, man versus nature, and man versus himself. And you know what? Let's just let's stop calling it that. Let's get a little PC here and say person versus person, right. person versus nature, and person versus themselves. 
for me, psychological horror is the latter. It's person versus themselves. That, to me, is what defines psychological horror. Or else every single movie is psychological. So with my list here, that's what I tried to do is, is kind of if those movies touch base on it. Now, there, I think there's ever, other caveats, too, you know. If there's something like psychedelic in it, you know, I think like um, Midsummer, for example, I think could be classified as psychological horror. Or Mandy. Yeah, yeah, because it's like psychedelic. And I mean, Mandy, I think, is a psychological horror movie. I mean, it's a revenge type movie, but he's descending into madness to seek his revenge, right? So I think if madness is involved, that's obviously you know, person versus themselves. But anyway, that's just my caveats to this list. Yeah. Um, I made my list kind of kind of similarly to you. I was like really trying to narrow down my definition of psychological horror. And I think what I narrowed it down to was a person getting pushed to their mental and physical limits that they like go until they can't go anymore and uh that being the focus of the movie is like the kind of the mental state of the person of the character involved i guess yeah, i think that's and a good uh so like if you look at slasher movies for example if we were gonna talk about uh the point you brought up earlier the horror is focused on the killings of that if they were focusing on like the traumatic experience that these girls were going through and how it affected them mentally, it would be more of a psychological or, you know, I, I think that's a good point, Josh. And honestly, like with, with my list, like when I think of psychological horror, I think it's probably different for everyone. When I think of it, I think of anything that made me feel like I was like being psychologically put through something that the, the person in the movie was like, if I'm like psychologically like, oh my God, what's happening? What is it going on? Like that's, that's pretty much how I chose my list is just like movies that made me feel like I was like going a little bit insane with the main characters. All right. My number three is a movie called Strange Behavior. Uh, this movie came out in 1981 um it's also known as dead kids but i have the dvd that says strange behavior so this is experiments at a college in a suburb in illinois but it was actually shot in new zealand um that turns teenagers into killers disturbing behavior kind of ripped this off it feels like very similar name too right yeah (laughs) strange behavior disturbing behavior anyway um this movie is one of those, like, um, it's like this hidden gem for me. Like, I, I'm really into 80s horror movies. I really, really like them. Like, it's my favorite. And I thought I had seen all the important ones, um, but I started looking into some some more obscure ones, and I, and I found a lot of crap, to be honest. Like, the ones you don't hear about, you don't hear about for a reason. But this one I heard about, and I just bought the DVD and watched it. And it's just like a... It's a weird movie. Uh, there's like this party scene, which is like my favorite scene in it, and it has the song "Lightning Striking." You know, has that song go, Lance? Lightning 
striking again. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, and everybody is dressed in 60s, like, television character. Like, it has, like, a... Who's it having it? It's got the wife from Munsters. And it has, like, a 60s Batman in it. Everybody's, like, 60s. It's the 80s. But I don't. they don't explain it. Like, is it Halloween? I don't know. They didn't say that. Is it? A, it's like, a, I guess, a 60s costume party. Ooh, that'd be a fun and the, costume party. the girl hosting it is uh, dressed from The Nun, uh, The Flying Nun, from the show The Fly. I think it's called The Flying Nun. Oh, no. Anyway, there's just, and then it breaks into this whole, like, synchronized dance routine at this party uh, while, like, this kind of horrific thing, a guy wearing a, a, a Tor Johnson mask. Do you guys remember Tor Johnson? Uh uh-uh. T-O-R Johnson? No. You guys aren't related to him? No. No, he's a, he's a wrestler. Distant. He's a wrestler. And he's wearing this mask. And he, he, he they're wearing a Rip Tor, uh, not a Rip Tor, a Tor Johnson mask. And it's kind of like a slasher oh. killer movie, but the psychological part comes from, like, these experiments that are, like, messing with these kids who don't want to kill, but then do it and then like are feeling like tormented by it uh it's a great movie and uh if you could find it i would definitely suggest strange behavior so my number three is 10 cloverfield lane uh directed by dan trachtenberg now from the moment i saw the trailer for this movie I think I knew I was going, I've just convinced myself I'm going to love this movie. There's nothing like, it's one of the most, I think every trailer should take notes from this trailer. Cause it's just immediately kind of captivating and you want to know what's going on. And it's like the trailers, like it gets like a little more horrifying as everything goes along, but it's, um, so a woman gets in a car accident and she's held in the shelter with two men. One of them who's John Goodman, who I love. He's like one of my favorite actors. And they claim that the outside world is affected by this widespread uh, chemical attack. And the kind of movie just... And obviously, if you've seen Cloverfield, you know that there's like some kind of relation here, right? This is almost the sequel. But it's kind of not a sequel until the very end. Like, there's really nothing to do with the Cloverfield attack until Mm -hmm. this very end, which I just kind of love. But the whole movie, we're kind of with this girl and she's kind of like peeling away this onion of like insanity and kind of getting to the deeper layers and it gets like way more horrifying as it as it goes on and um oh man it it kind of takes you on a ride and it's really cool super well done i can't get enough of john goodman in scary movies or any kind of movie really um and so if yeah if you haven't seen this one i'd say check that especially if you were a fan of uh cloverfield lane the just the first one because this is i mean this kind of sets this the stage for a third one but i haven't really done much research about they did the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. yeah. Was that, that was the third Was that one. what it was supposed to be? Oh, that's disappointing then. I was hoping for like a theatrical yeah. movie release, one one done with the same characters. and. Um, I like this one better than the first one, to be honest. It felt like more of a movie. Obviously, the first one is like found footage. Right. Uh, this one's like just feels more like a film. And what you're saying about the preview, like after watching that preview, I was like, you know, they should have awards for like people that put together yeah. trailers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it had like a good, good song. Oh, it felt like a music so, video is what it, it felt like. It was so good. Yeah. And, uh, and the movie delivered, I thought I, I really liked this movie. Yeah. So that is why it is my number three, 10 Cloverfield Lane. 
My number three is, uh, I don't think anyone's heard about this movie. It's called Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> uh, it came out in 1968, uh, directed by Roman Polanski. This is my number three just because I really enjoyed like Rosemary's journey and like character progression in this. Um, she's like lied to and manipulated throughout the whole movie into having uh, Satan's child. Uh, but uh, all the characters that are in on it do such a great job of making Rosemary and the viewer themselves kind of question Rosemary's sanity to the point where she's like relying on strangers. I guess her doctor isn't that much of a stranger, but just like people that she doesn't have a strong relationship but, with. But uh, it's not like her doctor, right? Like like she wanted to yeah. go to one and then they're like, no, no, no this dude. There's a lot and of manipulation. They, yeah. 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 We spotlighted uh, this um on episode two. So if you yeah. want to hear yeah. more about it, you can check it out in episode two. Sorry, I'm just plugging back issues of our show here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to like rehash everything I said about it then, but I just think it uh it inspired a lot of the psychological horror genre, or at least what I consider the psychological aspect of horror, just by doing it so plainly, right? Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's a good pick. So that's uh, that's my number three, Rosemary's Baby. All right. Um, so my number three is Split. Um, M. Night Shyamalan. I can't pronounce his name. No, that's it. M. Night Shyamalan. It's not Shyamalan. I really like this one. Shyamalan. Now you messed me up. M. Night Shyamalan. I actually haven't seen Split. I've seen uh, Glass and I've seen Unbreakable. (laughs) Oh, man. You missed like the best one. (laughs) Yeah. It's scary. Like, and. You wouldn't know like it was going to be a sequel to, no. you know, Unbreakable or anything. Um, That's kind of the genius of this movie, love, right? Is like that last yeah, 10 minutes where you're like, what did I? Oh, my God. <laughs> Me and Brandon like yeah, like yeah. exclaimed in the movie theater like, oh, my God. Yeah. Then the people that hadn't seen Unbreakable just like gave us weird looks because we got weird looks and we're like, holy shit, look who it is. Oh, my God. And then we got weird looks and we're like, Pfft. Don't give us dirty looks because yeah. you're you're not up to date on M Night Shyamalan filmography. Because you didn't see a movie yeah. ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was awesome. Like I thought the guy who, whatever James McVoy or whatever yeah, the guy that McAvoy, plays, McAvoy, yeah, Matt McAvoy, he did such a good job. He really did doing all the different personalities. Did he ever get an award for that? Because, no. oh my God. I mean, not like, not yeah. one of the prestigious ones, but. He should have, man. Yeah, that was such yeah. an amazing display of acting. Like, he played a bunch of different people in it, and, and flawlessly. And you could tell which character yeah. he turns into as he turns into it. By facial by expressions. Your fa- by his facial. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. fantastic. And terrifying. That movie is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It is terrifying. Like, you know, to be, to, I don't know being in that situation or I don't know. And I really liked the buildup of um, the other main character, the girl, like it shows her backstory. She's kind of a badass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really, uh, I like how they didn't pull any punches either. You know, they, 
Yeah. They kill young people in this movie. And it's just like all of a sudden it just happens and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite things about this movie is it tricks you into thinking that it's a psychological horror movie. Yes. But then reveals that it was just a A villain origin story. A villain origin story. Yeah. And that's super amazing, man. And then Glass ruined it all. Yeah. Yes, Glass ruined it all. I just barely watched that, and I was so disappointed. Yeah, yeah. When the, I think the thing is, is Unbreakable, fantastic movie. Split, even more. Like, just, oh, my God, yeah. what a beautiful follow-up. And then just, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't I, get it, because supposedly he had this idea the whole time. Yeah. He knew that he was going like to make a, a sequel to it, and then if that sequel did good, he knew that he was going to make, like, the whole universe come together. Uh. So it's not like... It feels rushed, yeah. but it's not like it, it should have been. Yeah, it, it just... Mm-hmm. And you really just don't... Like, the way they built up this guy, this this horror villain, um, to be just so strong and almost, like, unstoppable, and then they just easily stop him. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoilers for Glass, yeah. everybody. It sucks. <laughs> I would say Split. Split in the beginning is... Is definitely psychological. Absolutely. Horror. Well, and especially if you're following what the girl's going through and the unveiling, like the reveal of yeah, her figuring out what she's going through, it's pretty psychological. Yeah, and don't forget what he's going through too. Right. I mean, he seems like a monster, but there is innocent people within him. Right. The actual guy, yeah, the yeah. the the person that all the characters spawn from, he's actually a good guy that's been tortured and horribly abused and. And when he wakes up yeah. and you see him, like he's up, he's like, kill me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little kid inside yeah. of him too. Right. Right. That little kid. I love that's yeah. There's funny moments in this too. That, yeah. Where, yeah. where it like definitely yeah. knows where to relieve the pressure. Yeah. That little kid is the comic relief. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He was a great character. What's the thing he always says? Oh man. He has like one oh, word. Is, what is it? He's got like a word he always says. I can't remember anyway. No, I can't either. All right. Moving on. Number three, Melanie's number three, split. All right. My number two is a Cronenberg classic. No, I don't think it's a classic. I don't know how much attention this Cronenberg movie gets, but it's The the Brood, 1979, David Cronenberg. So a mad doctor performs these like, experimental therapy sessions on a woman who basically starts birthing growths from her torso that end up being like small childlike versions of her. Like, like it like is like her manifested hatred and they start like haunting and killing people. Um, It's a Cronenberg movie. So some of his movies aren't like so straightforward, but what I got out of this was like uh, her own inner demons, like coming out within these growths. And it's one of the, again, one of those movies that I just like completely missed growing up and, uh, and saw it on a a horror movie documentary and some of the imagery in it just made me want to see it. And I bought it and I loved it and it's fantastic. The brood. I need to, I need to watch some Cronenberg movies because I only, I only know that name from Rick and Morty. (laughs) Uh, the fly from that episode where they cronenberg the whole planet yeah Yeah. you've seen the fly Uh, right oh the fly is cronenberg yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay 
I he's, just uh, hadn't made that connection. He's kind of famous for his uh, grotesque, right? Kind of, yeah. And he, he puts together a really great, like, special effects team. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Mostly body horror, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of it is body horror. Yeah. So, my number two, and this is crazy, it came out 25 years ago now, which. When I think of this movie, I, I don't think of it as being that long ago. I was 12 years old when it came out. The movie Seven, uh, directed by David Fincher, starring Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Kevin Spacey, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, for a 12-year-old, this movie just scared the living shit out of me. It was the one of the first times when I was growing up, we watched a lot of like kind of like campy horror. It was like kind of the 80s at the, at the time. So, you know, the horror movies were more like almost lighthearted that this was like one of the first ones that I saw that was just like made my stomach hurt about what was like happening to some of these people. I can't ever forget like the, the obese guy just being overfed and some of these like deaths that he put these people through. And oh, and they walk in and they're like horrified by the smell. Oh yeah. And it like there there's it's such good performances that you almost feel like you could smell the right. Room. Right. Oh, it's one yeah. of those movies like as you're watching it, you really are just like as horrified as the people that are like investigating these murders and I get like the ending, of course, like the famous like what's in the box scene, like what a what a horrific, Love. horrific ending. And I think this movie like psychologically fucked me up for months after I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. And it's and it's one of those ones I haven't seen it for so long, and I want to go back and watch it because of that. Uh, I I really don't think I've seen it for like over twenty years now. And I would love to go back and watch it, but the feeling I get when I think of it, like I still get this like kind of pain in my stomach when I think about this movie and I'm like scared to go back and watch it because it's, oh, yeah. it is horrifying, It is, but it's so good. It's, it has such an impact on me. And it was the first real exposure to this just kind of dark reality that could be in, a, in the world, you know, and it, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think I'll always remember that scene where they're interrogating the guy that did the lust killing. Oh, man. And he's just like describing what he had to go through. Oh, yeah. That's very haunting. And uh, I I remember the first time I saw that still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's it sticks with you, man. How old are you? You must have been a little bit older when you first watched it. Because were you you even born? I was 19. I think I was currently on my mission when I first watched it. <laughs> that, uh, that, so, that's a way to get rid of the spirit, Josh. Yeah. I think yeah. the most horrifying uh, thing about this movie is that Kevin Spacey actually turned into a creep in real life. Oh, <laughs> uh, he does, you know, take away that he does play a pretty good uh, creep in this. And man, he was just playing himself. He didn't have to play. <laughs> that, that's why he played such a good creep. Yeah. So that's my number two, the movie Seven. My number two is higher up on somebody else's list. What? A crossover. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, Melanie, that makes it your turn. Okay. Well, my number two is Chaser. It's a Korean film. Um, it's about a detective who turns who turned pimp he's a pimp now um i think like he got fired disgracefully from his job it's and usually the next step for detectives the serial, <laughs> what's that 
That's usually the next step for detectives is, you know, detective pimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his, the ladies that he's pimping start disappearing and they, he finds out it's a serial killer and there's a girl he really loves and the serial killer gets there. And so he's just kind of chasing the serial killer to try and find her. Um, but a lot of it's really horrific. There's a lot of horrific death scenes and it's really good. It sounds um kind of dumb at first but once you watch it it's a really good psychological yeah. horror film what's that one called again chase uh chaser chaser yep and it's an older film it was made back in 2009 but it was just really good like some of the stuff turns your stomach and you do get attached to the characters and it it's not a happy. It's not a happy ending. So. I'll, have to, I'll have to check this one out. If there's anything really I trust good. you on, it's yeah. foreign horror films. So, yeah, it's really good. Cool. And if you want to hear more foreign <laughs> horror films, uh, you could check out episode six, four, five, <laughs> five. We were both that close, Josh. One, <laughs> one away. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, my number one could have actually been in our anthology horror movies, which if you want to hear more... No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop doing that. Just listen to every show. Um, Because it's an anthology, but it's one of those anthologies that seem a bit seamless. It is written by... It's written and directed by three different writer-directors, and it's three different perspectives on what's happening. And it's called The Signal. It's from 2007. And what's happening in this? Well, this mysterious transmission that invades every cell phone, uh, radio, and television makes people go absolutely mad. Uh, And most of the time, um, violently insane. And this is such a, a, a neat exercise in, like, if the world, if the entire world went crazy, like how would everybody be? And it's like, everybody's coexisting together while they're insane. And there's parties happening. Kind of like right now. Yeah. A little, (laughs) a little worse, a little worse. Um, and it's just interesting to see like some people aren't violent. They're just like nutso. And some people just are like violent and it just happens so sporadically too. And, um, man, I, I really enjoy this film a lot. And, uh, it is definitely psychological in the way that everybody's insane. Everybody is mad. And that's yeah. why it's my number one, The Signal. That's that's really interesting that uh, I'm looking at it right now. And uh, it came out in 2014. And the same year, Kingsman Secret Service came out. When the, the villain's idea in that movie is to make the world go crazy by broadcasting a cell phone signal that oh. makes everyone kill each other. Hold on. Why did um, I, I get 2007? 2007. All right. Well, Uh-oh. let's move on for a minute. Um, Sorry. It's all right. It's cool. No, no, no. So there, no, there is two, the signals. Oh, there's two, the signals. Yeah. One looks like, um, like an outbreak type a movie. remake. no, no, oh. just like an outbreakish type movie. So the one I'm talking about is 2007, The Signal. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So actually, it looks like Kingsman ripped off oh. the signal. Yeah. Then. Yep. So sorry. My number one. Wrong. <laughs> my number one is Get Out by director Jordan Peele, written by written 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 by Jordan Peele, uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya. I'm not sure how to say that exactly, but uh, we all need to like practice our names, I guess. But anyway. I'm sure most of you have seen this. It's been 2017. It was huge when it hit the movie theaters. Uh, basically, a guy visits his girlfriend's parents for the weekend and um, just got some uneasiness going on there. And then, of course, it like reveals that it's just like this terrifying experience where they're trying to basically put their brain in his body. Uh, I think this has to be my number one. First of all, when it came out, I, it was just one of those movies you leave the theater going, wow, like, wow. And you can't stop thinking about it for days. And then we watched, like, as soon as it came out on VOD, I watched it twice more. And, and you know, that's pretty rare for me to, like, have something come out on VOD and, and I'd recently seen it and then wanting to watch it just over and over again because there's so much layering and so much awesomeness to it that you, like, every time you watch it, you kind of pick up on something new. And it was, honestly... Like the, psychologically, you're going through this stuff with them, and it, and it's kind of just this heartbreaking experience. He's got this girlfriend, you know. He's already kind of nervous about the fact that it's like a mixed race relationship. He's, you know, he's going to meet her parents, and he, of course, he's probably used to being like a, you know, like okay, I'm going to be the black guy dating the white girl, and the parents are going to be upset, you know. So he's already kind of like uneasy, and then of course, like he's welcomed, like like overwelcomed by everybody, and it brought to light something that I had never really thought about before this movie and I think that's why this movie is important which is uh, the, the underlying message is like you know there's there's racism too in in being like overly like oh you're black you're cool oh man black people are so cool and like um, yeah the other side of racism yeah and that yeah. makes people feel uncomfortable as well like of course and why wouldn't it you know right. mm -hmm. and I'd never even like as a white person of course I'm like never even thought about that because I don't experience that I have no idea what that's like and I think that's why this is important. I think it's like saying something and it's reminding us of something. And at the same time, it's just a really cool story. And this guy going through it and he's just kind of just turns into this complete badass. And I love it. And there's there's humor in it. And there's complete fear. And these like situations where like, your stomach just like hurts when he's going through and he's like he's sitting in that chair and that, that horrible video that plays and he's realizing what he's going through and the acting oh my god this guy is an actor is it oh yeah like, it's a perfect movie for yeah. me it's yeah. so good you find out later on that he's actually from wakanda <laughs> i don't know if you <laughs> this is uh this was my number two uh right and uh i have to second everything you said Lindsay. i think you did a really good job uh, the atmosphere that this movie makes is so uncomfortable. It you really know? is. It's just like, does such a great job at doing that. Um, starting like just with the, the cop pulling him over and right, asking right. for his ID, even though he wasn't the driver. And it that kind of just like sets the tone. And it just, it's a really well done, slow burn, psychological horror movie. Well, and I love how we... Like it, 
it lets you, it makes you think that the girlfriend is not into on it until the very last moment. Like, you know, it, oh, ke- yeah. it keeps that going and you're, you have this kind of like sense of hope that maybe he's got an ally in this whole situation. And, you know, as she's searching through her keys and you're like, yeah, okay, okay. I think, I think she is on his side. She's like, she seems really terrified. And then yeah. just like the, oh man, that reveal. And it's just, and then like her, tra- she's a great actress too. Like her transformation mm-hmm. from like loving cutesy girlfriend to all of a sudden like when she goes psycho man she goes psycho and like you see it in her face and when she's on the phone and she's like her emotions that she's portraying with her voice does not match her face right that is so creepy it's so cool man it's so god this this was like jordan peele's like basically like like out into horror like this is my my first here's his first horror movie right and yeah God, like I envy that man. Like, could you imagine this be like this masterpiece being your first? Like, here you go. Like, I'm a comedian, and here's a horror movie, and well, brilliant, just such brilliance. He's a fan. He's a fan of yeah, horror movies. So, yeah. um, that's who I think should be making horror. In fact, that's the only people that should be making horror <laughs> films is like yeah. obsessed fans. Yeah, you know? not like money grabbers, man. Yeah, I which, think which I mean films in general. Like you can tell <laughs> right, when. Uh, right. A director loves what he's doing. There's a reason and why Tarantino. It, it really shows through. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason why people like Tarantino and Scorsese and all those guys are as good as they are. So what do you guys think about yeah. the did you see the original ending that they had intended? Yeah, I I think mm-hmm. so I would have been that would have been a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, so what it was was that he <clears throat> he went to jail. Yeah, you know when when the when the you see the sirens or you see the flashing lights, right? And at the end of the like movie, he, looks it like looks he's like killing he's, a white girl. <laughs> yeah, and in in the movie, in the uh, theatrical release, you uh, you think it's the cops and he's in trouble. Well, that was the original ending, and it shows him in jail, and he talks to his friend, his TSA friend, in in prison behind glass, and he said that um, you know after the 2016 election and America is kind of in this kind of funny spot that, you know, we feel like, you know, uh, we have a grim future ahead of us. Uh, he just didn't feel like it was the right time to, to put this out, you know, uh, with that ending. Yeah. If you get the, the DVD or the video on demand, they actually have the ending, the original ending at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, after and he explains why he, he, he explains why he took it out and he explains what, what it was supposed to mean. It would have been really powerful. It would have been really, really like powerful but god i would have been upset like i would have been so upset because like you do not want that for this guy and then it would just would have made it feel like all the more hard and like of course that's why they burned the house down like all the evidence and anything that he could have used against to prove his freedom was gone you want a happy ending with this yeah you You want you want him to 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 come out of this on the other side i actually think it's a better ending to be honest like I think the happy ending, and I'm not that person. I'm usually not that person, but in this scenario, I need that ending. Yeah, well, <laughs> like you said, it was a. It would have been a really powerful ending, and it would have really tied together what he was trying to say. But um, again, you just you see him just like go through all this, and you just want you want the happy ending but for I think him. we get a little bit of that in the fear when we first see it and we when we first think oh my god that's the cops oh my god they're going to think he did it I think we get a little bit yeah. of that message Yeah 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 and yeah. that's why the happy ending works for me because that's true. because it's still I, there it's still there it's just like oh thank god that's not it Yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so that is why I just brilliant movie number 1 get out Yeah I uh, I think get out uh really uh set 
Jordan Peele as like one of my favorite modern horror directors. Uh, there's Absolutely. a few of them for me, uh, including Ari Aster and uh, Robert Eagers. And that leads into my number one, which is direct- directed by Robert Eagers. And that's The Lighthouse, which came out last year. Uh, this was a really cool movie to me. And I know uh, there's some mixed opinions in this group about this movie, <laughs> but uh, I really liked it. I don't know why. I'm just... It's probably the masturbation scenes. Is what I'm- <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like... All that jism dripping from here's, the ceiling. Here's the, the character, the young Thomas. He's doesn't have a lot of good food. He's alone. He's exhausted all the time and he can't even masturbate to completion you know like he's just in a really shitty situation um and then he's stuck there for a really long time and uh willem dafoe is perfect for just poking and prodding and making things worse uh i really love the point in the movie after the big storm uh, hits and uh they haven't, he hasn't been picked up when he was supposed to. Uh, and Willem Dafoe starts talking about rations and everything. He's like, why are you talking about rations? And he's like, dude, it's been three weeks since the boat's been missed. And for the viewer up to that point, it feels like it's the next day. Yeah, that and, part was uh, actually pretty cool. It's, uh, it kind of spirals from there. But uh, I think they did a really good job of showing him descend into madness. And uh, I just really love the atmosphere in this movie, the sound design, the cinematography. I was just impressed by it all. And the fact that uh, it's in black and white and still able to do all these really cool things just gives it like a few extra points in my book you know, because I think it's, it's tough to pull something like that off. I actually we really haven't seen this one. So I actually liked it from like for like the first like 40 minutes I think. I'm just like, wow, this this is going to be brilliant. And the only reason and I don't take my opinion of it like it wasn't for me as a, I think that the movie sucks. I don't. I just it wasn't for me. Like it it gets too weird for me and I get too like uh I don't I'm not I can't stay invested cuz I don't know what's real and what's not. It's a perfect pick for like a psychological uh, horror movie because it is psychological, like to the max, man. Yeah, but, um, uh, I that not does, does it just get confusing. It did. It get confusing. You don't. You kind of just like it stretches the bounds of reality. Like you really don't know what's real, yeah. what's not. And going back and reading about it because I had to know, like, okay, what's this really trying to say? You know, there's a lot of like mythology and stuff. It's it's based off of. And if you go in. I think if you're going to watch it, I would say go in kind of like knowing that because that might help your viewing experience. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, or at least read it after. But it's well done. It's well acted. It's beautifully shot. It's, it really is beautifully done. Yeah. My, my only issue with it was like, okay, I can't stay invested if I don't know if this is real or not. Like, I don't understand. It's just like too much for me. It was too much for me. Yeah. It was definitely, um, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, no, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it, but uh, but um, I I agree with Lindsay that is uh, it's, it's a great it's a it's a great picture, man. It's like really well done. 
Yeah. I just I just get blue balls when I'm watching it every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I really I mean you guys like The Witch, right? Yeah, Which was yeah. his other movie. Yeah, I liked um, it. I liked it okay. Yeah. But but for both of those movies, he did extensive research where like for The Witch, he was reading like official witch trials, like the court documents and stuff that were brought and uh, he would do a lot of reading of like literature that was put out on that time for the lighthouse. He would read journals of lighthouse keepers and that's where he pulled like all the dialogue from. And interesting. It's a, uh, it's really interesting to see someone do that much research and get so much right. Um, I love the dialogue in both of these movies. You know, that's one thing I did enjoy about the lighthouse is it was, um, it was like looking into the past you yeah, know? yeah, and, and it was just interesting to see what these guys go through to tend a lighthouse. You know, no, and a lighthouse is extremely important back then, or else right. ships would run into the side oh, of yeah. a, a, you know the the land. Um, but the fact that they would have to get stuck out there for years and like, and do all oh. these chores months, I don't yeah. think years, uh, was crazy. And and it was just like it was just a fascinating look at at those times. You know, it's funny because yeah. part of part of what ruins the film for me is the fact that the first part is so well grounded and in reality, and it's just so like I I know what's going on and I see where things are going, and then it just kind of like explodes, and I was like, oh, I thought we were over here, you know, like <laughs> almost the awesomeness of the first part ruins the the craziness of yeah. the second part for me. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a true a, descent into madness. Though. True, true. I I love uh, the like establishing shots of the lighthouse where it's just showing the machinery of it all and yeah no. them having to oil the machines. It looks like they're actually maintaining a lighthouse. Yeah, no, beautifully done, man. Definitely, if you're, you know, don't not watch it based off the fact that it you know it gets a little crazy. Like I think everyone should still yeah. try to go watch this and see what they think. Um the the next movie that Robert Eggers is doing is he's a, it's a ultra violent uh, Viking movie. Oh my God. I mean, it's set in like the 14th century or something. Oh, I love Viking stuff. Oh yeah. It'll be cool. Uh, So yeah, that's my number one, uh, the lighthouse. My number one is old boy. Um, It's another Korean film. Um, you follow. Oh, not the, the one with Josh Brolin. What's that? Brandon said, "Not the one with uh, Josh Brolin." No. <laughs> you follow the main character. He's been imprisoned in a cell for like fifteen years, I think it is, and yep. he finally gets let out, and he goes on like this rampage to seek vengeance. Um, and this movie gets pretty horrific along the way. And the ending just is a mind fuck. Yeah, you know, this was almost my my number one. And then I kind of heard you were doing it and I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll just let that happen. But it definitely should be like my very high honorable mention because this movie had a huge impact on me when I saw it. This came out in 2003. And yeah. I think I was like in my early 20s, like I might have been 20. And uh, I think I was exactly 20. And um, man, it's 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 one of those ones that sticks with you and like the reveal. And I don't even think that we should say the reveal. Like we we've kind of decided we're just going to do spoilers. But this one, I think 
the the spoiler here would completely ruin the entire movie. Yeah, I can't give yeah, I can't give away the spoiler because Josh hasn't seen it either. Oh so. man, oh god, it's it's just you like, have to it's incredible, it. yeah. man. This movie's beautiful and yeah. incredible. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Oh I'll, yeah, to, I'll check it out. Uh, remember to um, see the original, not trilogy. the remake. That's right. Don't don't watch the the remake. The the original here it, again. It's it suffers from. Yeah. This is a perfect movie, and perfect movies do not need to be remade. Is there a remake? There's a remake. Yeah, Josh Brolin, and it's oh awful. Yeah, it's an American remake. Yeah, it's no. awful, awful. Does not. So it's part of a trilogy too. Um. Uh, what, so what it's are the, the second in a trilogy. There's um, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and this is the second Interesting. installment of the trilogy. Is it about the same guy or the same institution that does this to people? Or? No, that's what I was wondering because I just found out today that it was part of that trilogy. Well, now we have to um, watch this. So that's why I was going to go see um, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance because I was wondering the same thing. Interesting. So I don't know. Where yeah. are you going to go see it? Where are you going to go see it? What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Where am I going to go see it? <laughs> oh, Brandon, John Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I think that if uh, somebody hasn't seen this original old boy, like you're doing to yourself a disservice. It's like, um, it's one of those like films that's just like a masterpiece film, period. You know, yeah. and it's just and like, it you. well, and it's just oh. like a treat that it gets to be like in the horror genre for me. Whenever like there's these masterpieces, I'm like, oh, and it's horror. Oh man. It's like, it's like too much good at once, but it it is like it is a fantastic movie. Take again, take like the kind of like horror um, genre away from it, and it still just holds up as this. Like I don't think you have to be a horror fan to enjoy this movie whatsoever. It's no, just a really no. well done movie, and it's creepy yeah, and it's great. pretty yeah. terrifying. And oh my god, that reveal! Like I said, the ending just guts Oof. you. Like when you find Oof. out, you're just like no. Oh, and then what he does to oh man. Whew. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah. good. It's good. It's a good number but, one. But the remake has Thanos <laughs> and Nick Fury and Scarlet Witch and Manta. You know what's interesting? I don't know. It really actually, does have all those actors in the remake. I don't know if I actually saw. Like, I talk crap on the remake, and I'm pretty sure I didn't see the remake. It has think Mr. I, Robot in it, well, too. Maybe I should go watch it before I, like, sit there and denounce it to the world. Because, but I, no, I just get angry. It's like it's like the remaking, like Train to Busan. I just get angry when they remake these perfect movies just because they're like uh, foreign movies or whatever. Yeah, I learned how to read. Yeah, right? man, like it's a perfect movie, and like. But ugh. the remake has four Marvel superheroes right. in it, though. Maybe we should watch it tonight. And I'm all over those Marvel hits tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just want you to know. Right. So I have a honorable mention. Yeah, I got a couple. What's yours? Um, have you heard of They Look Like People? I have heard of it. I haven't seen so, it. So I put this as my honorable mention because... Wait, no, I, I have seen worth- this. Wait, does it take place in an apartment most of the time? Yeah. Yeah, and the guy thinks that uh, there's there's his friends are aliens and there's aliens out there? Yeah. yeah. He's oh, this movie's great. phone call from like an anonymous source yeah. that's saying that these creatures that look like people are taking over the world and there's going to be a war and he has to prepare for it it's based on like an actual psychological disorder where like people think that their like close loved ones are like 
yeah. or like harboring harboring yeah. aliens. Yeah, this in movie, them. this movie was great. Yeah, I can't remember so like how I, we came across it, but we liked we watched it. it for for horror movie night. Did we? Yeah, somebody okay. picked it. Was okay. it you, or Josh? Or? It might have been. Josh. It's called They Look Like People. I thought they it was like an people. interesting concept, and it was worth watching once. I I thought it fell a little short, uh, just due to like production value and everything. Yeah, like, I get that. It sound, it sometimes it sounds like they only had one microphone, and so one character you can hear, like everything you can hear his footsteps and everything, and then the other character that's walking right beside him, it's like they recorded it in a studio, and you just only hear his voice, and it's silent. Besides his voice, it, there's a few times that like things like that happened, that were a little. They took me out of the the movie for a bit. Yeah, but, but overall, it's a pretty. It's definitely. Uh, yeah, I thought it was mention. worth watching and and checking out if you're a fan of the psychological horror genre. Yeah, a couple of my honorable mentions is uh, the Cell, which I remember seeing when I was younger, and it disturbed me. But I thought it maybe was a bad movie, but then I rewatched it, and it's good, man. It's about this uh, detective that goes into the mind of a serial killer. And now you're hanging out with her in the mind of a serial killer, like throughout the movie. And it's like pretty terrifying and disturbing. And I like it. Also, Flatliners, not the remake, 1990 Flatliners, where Kevin Bacon, uh, these medical students, and Kiefer Sutherland. How do you mention Kevin Bacon without Kiefer, man? <laughs> um, so these medical students, like, um, learn how to like put themselves like kill themselves and then bring themselves back to life. And they're like, kind of like testing each other to see how long you can go out for. Yeah. It's like almost like a contest. Yeah. And then all these things that are troubling them within their mind that they've done are haunting them like ghosts. Yeah. Right. Like Kiefer Sutherland, he, uh, killed a kid. He killed a kid. They were throwing rocks at this kid in the tree and he like fell out and died. And, one of the guys like films him having sex with girls without their knowledge, without their consent, and so like that. That's, that's one of the bald him. ones. That is one of the bald ones. Yeah, no. which one? I don't know. It's like a it's all Stephen Stephen Baldwin. It might be Stephen or Gerald, the the lesser known <laughs> Baldwin, Jerry Baldwin, Gerald. Uh, yeah. So I've always liked this movie, Flatliners. I, I didn't. Cool. I didn't bother seeing the remake because um, I just I like the original so much. It was horrible. The yeah. remake. I didn't see anything, but you know, my mom, who's like a super fan of the original Flatliners and horror movies in general, uh, she went. I think she saw the remake and was and told us it was pretty bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah she did. I think she, she like said, rented no, it. Didn't even to bother. Yeah, and she was like excited about it, man. She wanted to like go see it in the theater and everything. So, yeah. so my mom said, "Don't watch it." So there you have it. Don't watch Don't it. Watch mom it. says no. Mom said no. <laughs> you guys have any honorable mentions? Uh, no, I, my Psycho. old boy was mine. Psycho is a good one. Yeah, yeah I would ar argue yeah. that it's a slasher. Yeah, but yeah, I'd say it's got psychological aspects, though. Yeah. Yeah, but is it the focus? I guess at the end it kind of is, huh? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that's our show. That's it. That's it, guys. That is it. That's all of our show, now. That's all. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bub Club. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, we would like to thank everybody for listening. And 
This has been a production of Pod Cauldron. Pod Cauldron Network has many great podcasts. Ravel, 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 which is a humorous look at current events. And Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. And Bob Club. Oh, wait, that's his one. Till next time. Goodbye.